only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves everyone should get a day off from work to celebrate Yargle Day. Yargle Day. Yargle Day. Did you guys play that event? Man, when um, the other Dave mentioned this, I had to Google what Yargle Day was because I was, uh, I was like, what is he talking about? It's Magic's greatest meme. Stormcrow? Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> it's up there with that. Yargle's a good meme. Uh, Stormcrow is definitely, I mean, Stormcrow is a better card. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the uh, the event the event I'll that they had was it fun was in your okay. day because I, I played the event mm-hmm. uh, and I was playing the of course the red version of it because that's um, I got my two wins in like five minutes mm. because both <laughs> times that I played with that deck I had a Kari Zev and a Yargle in my starting hand mm, and well apparently fun. a a first striking menace Yargle that creates a two one monkey when he attacks is just enough to make people just concede. <laughs> yeah. So what the event was is that you play some pre-constructed decks with like nine Yargles in it and uh, they give you two emblem abilities. One where frogs cost two less, which Yargle is a frog. And then the other one is whenever you play a frog, you can sacrifice another creature and add those abilities to the frog that you played. So and draw a card. Yargle and draw a card. And uh, so the Yargle uh, assimilates the abilities of the sacrifice creature, essentially, is the idea. Mm. So, yeah, you would get Kari, Zev's Menace, and First Strike, and then just turn, turn, uh, what? Three. Turn three, four? Yeah. Three. Yeah. Both times it was like, all right, I played Kari, Zev, I played Yargle, they conceded. Played Kari, Zev, played Yargle, they conceded. I was like, well, that was some easy experience. Yeah, I saw people giving Thanks. flyers a lot. I also did the red black one. I didn't draw the Karizevs like you did. Didn't do as good. Mm. Um, but I, I did have red uh, quests that I had to complete to get coins. So that's why I did that. I, I found the green one a little bit better uh, for me. I don't, I don't black, know. Man, first strike menace Yargles, apparently. <laughs> yeah. That, Even that's flying Yargle is, is important. Ah. I'm a little disappointed that this didn't last for longer than a day because I didn't get to uh, check out the um, event. I was really busy that particular day, so didn't get to play. I played the event one more time, I think, because I needed to cast green spells, and so I used the green one. But mm-hmm. I got I got absolutely trounced in that one because they they played the white one, and they got a flying lifelink Yargle, and it was just like, yep. okay, uh Guess we're done here. <laughs> a nine three. It's funny because oh. Yargle Yargle has no abilities by itself, just the card, and it's just a fun, fun little thing that they made him cheaper and playable, and then you can get he's a nine three with a bunch of abilities. So that's um, why it's good meme. Did the did the event from what you guys played seem balanced, or was it really just? No, a race to go <laughs> off, and that was the yeah, fun. basically, yep, and that was what was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't serious magic. I don't believe the decks were that balanced, but I also didn't see all of them, so I don't know that I ever saw the the mono black one. Yeah, I'm not sure I did either. Which seems like it would be a pretty good one because I, I looked at the deck and it had a lot of life link and death touch in it, which seems yeah. 
Hmm. Because Death Touch isn't really all that great on a 9-3. It's kind of got Death Touch anyway with that kind of power. Right. But I think I saw some Menace in there too. So, like, I don't know. But I, I did see a Yargle with Death Touch that I blocked, blocked to kill. And mm-hmm. then it just dealt one damage to every single creatures like because you can assign damage yeah i was like oh that sucks that's how that works oh the other thing about yargle day is in the store they had the uh cosmetics for the secret layer cards that they the secret layer they did before um you can get the yargle on a fatal push or an explore in place Um, of the character on the card it's a yargle it's great i particularly like the uh sword to plow shield shield uh Plowed shares style. Yeah. Uh, Yargle, that one looks pretty cool. Yeah, I couldn't you got afford the, sword up on the swords. swords to plowshares one. It made me sad. I ran out of coins. Uh, I bought a bunch yeah. of the Dominaria stuff. I bought the, the stained glass lands and the braids um, avatar. So happy Yargle Day, everybody. The stained glass lands are too pretty not to get. They are. Really yeah, cool. but maybe we can talk about that later. And, uh, you know, the section marks Dominary United first impressions. Hmm? Hmm? Huh? So, uh, aside no, from... I'm going to y- talk about it now. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I can't stop you. Aside from Yargling, uh, what you guys been up to this week? Was uh, the green one called Gargle? It was called Gargle. Okay. It was called Gargle. So, uh, for me, I went to three pre-release events this weekend. Holy moly, I played a lot of Sealed Magic. Um, that's cool. First night I got third place, second I got second place, and third time I got second place. So I thought I did pretty good. Won some free packs. That was fun. Oh, and I got all of the uh, pre-release, uh, or the Magic 30 cards from attending all three events. Um, the Sarah Angel... The Finhorn Else and the Ball Lightning. Oh, cool. Good old uh, Ball yeah. Lightning. So those are pretty nice get. Yeah, the Ball Lightning's neat. That's the, the retro frame ones, right? Yep. Yeah. And they got a nice little stamp. Nice. Or, uh, what the, about, sorry, the watermark is with Magic 30 watermark, I think. Actually. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And they're uh, foily, right? Yep, they're foily. And it does have a stamp that says the year it was originally printed in. And it's the original version of the card. Finhorn else is also in German. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, how about you, other Dave? What you been up to? Absolutely nothing. Hmm. Cleaning out the uh, arena store sounds like. Yeah, that's, that's been it. Cleaning out the arena store. <laughs> Spending all that gold I've been saving up. I, I, I had like 20,000 gold. Now I have like 300. Womp womp. Well, I got some stained glass lands. Still money bags over here. Yeah, those stained glass lands do look really nice. I really, those might, like, I might have to get those ones for my collection. I haven't spent any gold in, like, months. Yeah, I've been saving up for uh, the historic anthology. My original intention was to buy a bunch of packs when Dominaria came out. Then I saw the stained glass lands and the Braids Avatar, and I was like, nope, I guess I'm not buying any packs. Yeah. Yeah. Guess we're going. Raid's avatar, sweet. Oh, and the stained yeah. glass sleeves. I bought those too. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, unfortunately, I haven't been doing much of magicking. I logged on. I was going to do uh, a draft because I have like a draft token sitting in the in the waiting, but I haven't gotten around to it. Been a 
busy week for uh, me over here at the uh, moderator household. One could say some of the stuff that you have done has been magical. Well, terror and terrifying. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Um, y'all want to get into the news? Sure. All right. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, uh, a new set came out this uh, this week since the last podcast. Um, so that's most of the news, and we're well, going to. Can I correct you? It came out on Arena. It's not actually out in paper yet. I'm I'm sorry. I only They're live just in the a digital little, yeah. space because I have no friends. Um, so what Sad. is this paper game you play? What is this paper game you speak of? Seems like uh, Shouldred's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people were poo-pooing it because it didn't have any ETB effects. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that beforehand, and I was like, it doesn't... Modern players are ruining magic. Yeah. That's my conclusion on that. No ETB. Nah. Hmm, okay. That seems like something we could talk about later. See, I was doing a... I was hey, doing why, a bit. Why are you and pushing off everything that I talk? Because <laughs> like me anyway, I, I have to assert my dominance as the the moderator, Dave. Since oh yeah, uh, since you can't do it in actual magic. Since I can't win a game of magic. <laughs> um. Anyways, I just wanted to talk quickly about a little tangential news. Disney just announced through Polygon that they're uh, going to launch a trading card game to compete with Magic the Gathering, and I thought it was an, maybe an interesting thing we could talk about for Is a, it, a couple of minutes. Did it say it was going to compete with Magic the Gathering? Because I find that um, hard to believe. That's what the article claims. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it seems pretty weird to me for them to come out and then single out Magic the Gathering. It's not well, like it's... Here's the opening, the the first part of the first paragraph of the article. It's Disney may be uh, king of theme parks, streaming television, and major motion pictures, but when it comes to collectible cards, the House of Mouse must tread lightly. Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, the trading card game, have dominated the industry for years. For each billion-dollar franchise in its own, each billion-dollar franchise in its own right, uh, Disney's power partnered with blah, blah, blah to... It's in this article somewhere. You can cut that from. Well, it's podcast. right on the uh, Disney launch a new card game to go up against Magic the Gathering oh, and Pokemon. That's where it's it was. First, it's in the headline. It's the headline. <laughs> it's the headline there. Disney will launch a new card game to go up against Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Um. Anyways, well, yeah. it talks about how this is family oriented and they expect families to play together. And given Disney's track record with you know cutesy little stuff. I I doubt that the play is going to be as complex as Magic. I could see it being on the level of Pokemon, but mm-hmm. not Magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this so, does not concern me for Magic's uh, future at all. No, I'm not worried. I think that um, it would be an interest. I'm probably going to check it out just because I'm a fan of card games in general, and I tend to check them out when they catch my interest. So I might buy whatever they're initial onboarding product is for this game yeah i think the only one that's came out that really gained gained any traction against being you know the magic competition or whatever is actually flesh and blood but people got real cold on that when they're when they started reprinting all the cards that were worth money after Mm -hmm. they they there was a limited set that you know 
that they released. And then they were like, we're going to make this set unlimited. So people were really sour that their collection just tanked in value, which makes sense because this is a collectible card game. So if you're just going to ad nauseum reprint everything, then your people probably aren't going to be happy about that. I feel like this happened so. before. Like mm-hmm. roughly oh, yeah, it's years happened. ago when a set called Chronicles came out. <laughs> oh, they learned their lesson after that. <laughs> I do think that Disney maybe has a has a chance to do something really smart here and perhaps carve out a niche or a part of the market mm-hmm. away from because they have they have so many properties they can pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and and, and uh, if they build it right, it could be something like if they did like a real simple set that mm-hmm. is you know all ages your frozens your you know lion kings and all the the childish i don't know childish doesn't sound right but your young yeah. ages yeah. characters the fairy tale worlds yeah yeah uh, to introduce the the idea and the concept of people and so they can play with their kids and then they do Kind of like a teenagery one, or a, a, a young adults one, perhaps with like Marvel, Marvel characters and Star Wars, yeah. and, Star Wars and, and those things, um, and introduce more complicated mechanics similar to Magic. That could do it. Their um, Disney villainous line of uh, board games is actually pretty popular, and they are. It's continuing that with Ravensburger. Ravensburger helped them do that, and they're doing the card game. So they have clout and they have power behind it, mm-hmm. plus the vast catalog of characters mm-hmm. that that people care about. But yeah, um, it's yeah. possible they can pull something off, carve out a little niche. But going directly against Magic, I doubt. No, I think that they'll get a nice little niche in the in the market. And I mean, uh, I'll. All these card games tend to carve out a niche in large enough areas, you know. Um, the the shop nearest to me, or the, the the big shop nearest to me, has a pretty big uh, Meta Zoo is that following, and also uh, the Final Fantasy card game. There's a mm. bunch of people up there who are like really into that. That they have a night designated for. MetaZoo, and they have a night designated for the Final Fantasy card game. Interesting. And I, if those things can do it, then if Square Enix can pull it off, yeah, pretty sure Disney can. Yeah, and yeah. and to note, the only thing Square Enix has, the reason why Square Enix can do something like that is because of their cast of characters, which Disney has in spades. So, yeah, it's possible. Yep. Don't you mean Disney has in hearts? Kingdom Hearts. Did they Square do anything NXT? other than magic at either of your guys' shops? Um, they, they do Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. They don't even play magic at my shop. <laughs> That's true, they don't. They go to a secondary location. It's very top secret. Well, this is it. It hurts, but not too bad. I really thought it would be worse. 
It does suck that I'll never get to be a famous mobster like in those classic movies. Oh, and I'll never get to taste that imported Zendikar crab again. Mmm, yeah, that was a real delicacy. I sure am gonna miss it. But most of all, I'm gonna miss Moe and Walter. They truly were the best friends I ever had. At least I know they're safe. The, the planet I saw through the portal did look pretty nice. And I think I saw some goblins on there. So maybe they'll make a friend. Someone like me. Oh, hey. There's the light. So I guess I should go towards it. It's been fun. Now, off to eternity. Guess we'll move on to discussions then. Yeah. Guys, uh, first impressions of Dominaria United? Got any? I imagine Ben's got some. He's been fairly busy. Ben's probably played played the most of it. Yeah. (laughs) From a limited wild card state build a standard deck yet, so I've been playing historic. I've literally played like two games of Magic since the set set came out, and they've both been. uh, explore any cards you guys um saw play against or you have that you've played against anybody yet uh i haven't Did seen you? anything in the in the explorer uh that was notable like i, I said, did like three games man i did get a liliana of the veil in my first dominaria pack in arena nice i got one i bought that pre-release kit and they just gave me one for free i didn't have to open it Man, I tell you, I do regret not picking up the uh, pre uh, pre order set. Yeah, the pre order. Yeah, because it's like uh, I want to play with some of these new cards and didn't buy it. Now I'm like, oh man, it's a real yeah, good deal. It is a good deal just to do the one pre order pack. But what are you referring to? It's like before the set's released on Arena. There's a fifty dollar pack with. Oh uh, yeah. I'm not spending yeah. $50 on a Right. <laughs> I usually buy it uh, that each set. You buy both of the $50 ones? Or just No, just the one with the cards. Not the one with the draft tokens and the avatars and stuff. Um, so, okay, I can go ahead and talk about my limited experience this week. I Overall, I am, I am very impressed with the limited experience that Dominaria has. It shows the power of kicker. Like limited is like kicker central, right? Uh, it's a super powerful mechanic for limited because mm-hmm. it gives you choices. Um, and they did a few smart things in Dominaria to enable the, the kicker mechanic in limited. And that was the, uh, having dual lands, of course. Um, that helps. Uh, I noticed that people were trying to go three collar a lot and those, those ones didn't do as well, but what I was doing was having a separate uh, lands with just just the kicker cost, you know. So I might have four, three lands with with a a white to to pay for the various kicker cards that I have in my deck that are just white. And then if you never draw those lands, then you know get the kicker. But I what I had to do, uh, and of course it depends on your archetype, the dual lands come into play tapped so you don't want that too many of those so it's kind of like a balance um mm-hmm. 
I think that if you're playing an aggro type build, you don't want to focus on putting a bunch of dual lands in there um, because you're going to, you when I was gold fishing hands uh, before the tournament, I found I ended up pulling some of the duels out because I was like, I'm getting too many of them and I'm stomping my, stopping my mana curve. I'm not playing on curve well enough. So, but otherwise I think the dual lands are helpful for just paying for kickers, right? Cause a lot of times, you know, I see. So my first day I did a green, white tokens style deck where there's a lot of white cards that make so many tokens. You play this card, you get a one, one soldier token. You, there's a card that was like an all stars called captain's call. It costs four mana and you get three, one, one soldier tokens. Uh, that was pretty well, that did me lots of good in limited, especially when there's a, um, a white card. It's a four, four vigilance and he costs one less for each creature you control. So you play the captain's call, put you at five creatures and you pay two, four, four vigilance for one mana, you know, <laughs> you know, or however it worked out. Uh, and you just slam them down and you go so wide, so fast that way that that's hard for the opponent to have a footing. So that's one of the, the archetypes there. And I did find that there's a couple Quarion beast caller in that scenario. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you put a one, one counter on him or sorry, whenever you cast a creature spell, which the cast wording is very important on that for obvious reasons, that seems pretty important. Um, that's a good card to have in your token deck. If you, if you're drafting or if you're playing sealed and you see that, uh, cause when he dies, you put the one, one counters on a different person. It's basically got creature modular or whatever. Yep. And then the land of war Lone speaker was surprisingly valuable. Mm. He costs two mana. He's a one, three. He, he's in the mana dork, but he can add one mana, one mana of any color, not just green. Uh, so that can help pay for kickers. And then you can tap him to turn a land into a three, three with haste early game in limited. Sometimes the player doesn't get a creature on the board till turn three. And then you're smacking him with three, three land. Um, and also you can turn a land into a blocker. It's a very good, I think limited card. It really did well for me. And then, uh, anytime you can turn your lands into creatures, it's helpful and limited. Yeah. Because chances are you're going to end up with more lands than you really need. Yep. You're okay with it going to the graveyard to prevent some massive damage somewhere. Or to get in early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or not prevent, because you can only activate as a sorcery in that particular one. But yes, um, you're okay to get in early. Yeah. Force them to block so that you can, because the combat tricks in this, or this set are actually pretty good too. You know, buff them, force them to block the land and then buff the 2-2. The two, two. It worked out well. Okay, so day two, I ended up going with a white-red build. Kind of the same idea, go wide strategy, a lot of aggro. Um, but the thing there was there's a card called Keldon Strike Team that at first glance, you might not look at this card as a decent card, but this card totally destroyed <laughs> in, in my experience. So Keldon Strike Team is two and a red. It's two colorless and a red with a kicker of a white and a red. Or sorry, a white and a colorless. When he comes in play, you get two soldiers, one-one soldiers. And as, if he entered the battlefield this turn, 
then creatures you control have haste. So it's a 3-1. So you get five damage on the board that have haste, plus anything you play that turn also has haste. So not only did I have, say I had two, two creatures on the board, I throw three more down, then I'm paying for one of those 4-4 four, four Vigilance that are reduced. And then, like, one... Like, this is I did this all in one turn at one point. Played for the Vigilance for two, and then paid for another Vigilance for one, and I was swinging with, like, 13 damage that turn. And two of them had Vigilance, 4-4 four, four Vigilance. So, that's... Anything that's going to make extra bodies is almost always a... Oh, yeah. ...brainer and limited, so... Yeah. No bodies and or extra bodies and haste. Like yeah, that's And it gives everything haste. So <laughs> laying those four fours down and being able to attack and then also turn around and block because they had vigilance. Um that that was basically game over right there as soon as I did that. I think they had one more turn and they were just like, ah. But yeah. That that was a pretty good all-star. Um and hopefully you can take this I that when you're, you know, drafting or doing your seal construction, you can kind of look at what I'm saying about these and Maybe help. it'll help you evaluate them. The other standout in those two decks uh, was, because I actually got her both times, the Guardian of ben- New Banalia. Oh, man. <laughs> this card is so good because of the discard a card and gaining indestructible. That is that is so important. It's huge and limited. Yeah, because you can enlist something with high power. Uh, there were times where I was like putting a buff spell on a creature and then not even attacking with it just enlisting it to this one because she just lives right right (laughs) in combat um and the other important thing about guardian new banalia is you can enlist defending creatures period but if you enlist a defending creature with a zero power that you don't need you can still scry two with her so that's i did that a couple times and it was very very helpful to be able to scry to, even if I wasn't buffing her power. Right. So that's the aggro archetypes in the format. Um, I did want to point out a couple other cards that I didn't actually use, but had used against me, and it was very bad. Uh, Impede Momentum. Holy moly, it's the tap target creature and put three stun counters on it, and then scry one. That card... Oh, that's not only is it a great limited card, but that's going to be an all-star all around the board forever in constructed play. I think you're going to see that ever because it just shuts your guy down for four turns. Have you I guys? That. Yeah. 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 You haven't seen like that in your play. Thing. It's not leaking in historic you've seen yet. I, I, haven't, seen it. It, I haven't seen it. No, I do expect to see it though. <clears throat> yeah. I would think um, that it, it would be a really good uh, card. Um, the other thing I I didn't use it, but the Urborg Lorgoyf multiple people used, and they did not sound impressed. So I did run a report that they all said it wasn't really performing for me, and that's in mm-hmm. a limited sense. But I expect that to kind of like that underperforms. The Lorgoyf underperforms. Yeah, I believe someone called that. I don't. I don't know who it was. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Um, All right, so my last deck was a blue-white, or sorry, blue-black control deck. I had, uh, in my pre-release pack, got a Liliana the Veil. Crazily enough, over all three days, there were about seven Liliana the Veils floating around, which is a mythic level. That's kind of high, I think. And I know it's a short, you know, it's a small pool. And this was 
all from one card shop. You didn't travel the countryside yeah. playing different card shops. Correct. It was all from one card shop. And the third day, three people opened that well, then from the same box of wow. packs. Yeah. So I, I'm concerned that there are going to be a lot of these Liliana, the veils floating around. I expect, I don't know. If I wanted to make a prediction, I'd say she'd hit $20, like low, low end. Um, because when the collectors when the collectors come out, the box the collectors packs come out and people are chasing those legends. If she's that common, there's going to be so many or that common for mythic, right? You're going to go. I didn't see any corn silex um, or anything no like that. No popcorn bowls, man. No bummer. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, I opened her in my pre-release pack, so I built a blue black control. I that's one I got second place with. It was pretty pretty good, pretty good. I ended up losing in the finals to another deck who had a Liliana, but also had a Sulkanar, the Swamp King. So he got two Mythos in his pre-release pack, and it was like womp womp womp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. things that performed well in that for me, uh, Phyrexian Warhorse, that uh, was a was a banger. Uh, you mean Blightmare? Yeah, Blightmare. He has White Kicker. Uh, when Frexian Warhorse enters the battlefield, it was kipped. Create a 1 1 white soldier creature token. Pay one, sacrifice another creature. Frexian Warhorse gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. At one point, I went to combat. I attacked with combat and buffed him, sacrificing one of my creatures, and then threw down a. Um, it, uh, it was dragged to the bottom. It's like a minus X, minus X for each type of land you control. Mm hmm. Uh, plus one. Each creature gets it. So because I was able to buff him under over the three types of basic lands that I had, it ended up he ended up living. Whereas my the one I sacrificed would have died. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I sacrificed it to the blight blightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like cool interactions you can do with that. And he, he ended up performing really well. Um I had a Raven Man in my deck. I ended up siding him out frequently. Because he just wasn't really performing and limited. Uh, yeah, you're right. Not going to have the consistent kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you can only do the discard thing as a sorcery, right? Yeah, I think so. If you could do it as an instant, it would change. It might how be. Good he is limited. But mm, because, yeah, it is like, only as a sorcery. Yep. Yeah, because late game, you wouldn't be able to, they would just play whatever they drew. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be able to make him discard. He wouldn't be able to get the token. He would just be a one-two. Right. Or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah. I can see he probably is not great and limited. Yeah. Other than that, they have a cycle of uh, cards which saw a lot of play overall and did well for people. They basically cast cost one less to cast for something. The white one was for each creature you control. And the black one is one less to cast for each creature in your graveyard. And I think they're all five fives, except the vigilance one's a four four. Um, but the five five has death touch. And he, he was a, he was an all star in my black deck. I think there's a blue one that's a five five for each instant or sorcery in your graveyard, maybe. But mm-hmm. that was pretty good for people. Saw that played a lot. Yeah. Um, Limited looks fun. Question. Um, mm-hmm. did you, see a lot of uh impulse uh cast the one uh draw draw four or look at the top four pick one put the rest on the bottom yeah the anticipate that's four cards deep 
Uh, yep. I was really stoked when I seen that one come out. Uh, it came out in Visions, and I wasn't, I didn't remember that. Yeah. I thought it was and, a new card, and I was like, oh my God. And in my blue, black control deck, that helped me find my answer multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because so. digging four deep is great. We all like to dig. Anyway, that that was my limited experience. Overall, I really liked it. I thought it was more smooth, and this was the general consensus with everybody I talked to there. It was more smooth than the new Capenna sealed experience and the Kamigawa experience. So I, I think that has a lot to do with Kicker, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's very powerful. It, um, it I see things out. somebody on... Uh, the internet complaining that it was too easy to go five collars and just do five color good stuff. Um, in your opinion, is that an accurate assessment or uh, nay? I think it is easy to go five collars and to get five different colors of land on the board to pay for domain. But every single person that won first place did not have five collars. Mm. And, and probably top three. I think. Like the guy that won third place or first each third place person, I think, had maximum of three different callers for domain. Yeah. Hmm. And so I don't I don't know if it's that good or or what. But the when you say it's easy to go five callers, it is because you have the dual lands, but they come into play taps. So you better Mm -hmm. have a mid range game to combat like more aggro stuff in order to do that. So it's probably pretty balanced, I think. Okay. I guess the exact uh, assertion was that you're not punished for going five colors because the two color decks aren't quick enough to like, Oh, that is not true. (laughs) Aren't quick enough to, to get you before you get to five colors. Yeah. Before you get to five colors, but what are you going to do with the five colors? Cause you can get to five colors in three turns. Drop that ten ten um, tree folk guy or whatever the more right that you have one of in your deck and it might get you a win one time or they can just bone splinters it by sacrificing their one one and destroying target creature (laughs) yeah it's I I don't I don't think that that I think somebody got mad about it and then (laughs) got beat by it one time and got pissed about it I don't I think it's pretty balanced honestly I mean it probably depends on your your card pool and your uh probably your draft classes of your people you're drafting with too like if you can get the five color good stuff you probably can pull it off if you can get the right cards because you can still get you'll have access to each color's removal which is huge Mm -hmm. um but you're gonna have to you're going to have to have access to everything that you need, which means in a draft, you're going to have to be drafting people who don't know what they're doing. Or in limited, you're going to have to hope that you have what you need in your pack. So, yes, maybe it is easier to go five colors, but you still need a base card to pull it off. Right. Which you're probably not getting, but maybe you get lucky and you, you do get it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, next question I'm interested in. How many times did people own you with Temporal Firestorm? Zero. <laughs> I didn't even see the card at all. Damn. Well, I mean, it's a rare. Yeah. I would, uh, 100%, if I saw it in a pack, I would draft it. I can tell you that. Like, in a draft format, that's, it, that's a yeah. good point. Right. It, I guess it would depend on if you were going to go, yeah, in a draft format. At that point, you wouldn't know what you would go. 
Yeah. If I was three packs in and I wasn't, and you keep it away from everybody else, if you are going aggro. Right. But if I'm, if I'm first pack and there's a temporal firestorm there, unless there's some kind of bomb in the uncommon section, I'm going temporal firestorm. Yeah. Just you draft it early on. If you were, uh, not locked in solid Lando collar. Oh yeah. And definitely, definitely limited because you're getting up to that mana no matter what. I don't see you dying before you can board wipe for nine. Save your uh, money. No, nah, probably not. You pro- you could die before nine, yes. But I mean, for five, you can put yourself in a really good place. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's limited. Getting to seven is not unreasonable. So late game, you can put yourself in an even better place. Really, nine is not unreasonable and limited. You just kind of don't want to get it that late. But even if you do get it that late, you get to save two of your creatures and probably four wipe. You're still probably winning the game. Oh, and just real quick, the last thing about uh, my limited experience. Liliana's really good and limited. I think it would be safe to say that she's really good everywhere. Yeah. But for obvious reasons, everybody's played with Liliana or whatever. So Everybody knows how she works. Yep. There's no learning curve there. There was that one point where I um, pilfered somebody's hand and saw they had a captain's call, which mm-hmm. makes the three one one white tokens. And then I saved my counter target or my negate counter target non creature spell for that, countered it, and then laid the li- li- Liliana because if you get enough creatures on the board, Liliana's worthless. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, this is the perfect hand for whatever you got in your hand. So they, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how Liliana plays out in this standard because she's very in modern you can windmill drop her at three and it's fine. Yeah. I'm not sure you can just slam her down turn three in the standard. No, mm-hmm. I even in limited I found that I had to wait for the right time to put her down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so is is she gonna be as good when she's not a turn three drop? Yeah, because like that's her her whole right. The whole reason that she's as good as she is is because she's a three mana planeswalker that has an effect on the board state. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The three mana isn't as relevant if you're waiting until turn six to cast her. I can agree with that. So let's. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I know people are losing their mind. People are <laughs> saying that you know wizards made a mistake by putting her in standard, and it's going to mm. be you know the most degenerative standard and all this she's, other stuff. Wizards making a mistake is not news. Right. (laughs) Whether it actually is. I I do think that going forward, you will see a red deck finally in standard that like a red deck win style um, deck with this new stuff. Speaking my language. Um, Bring back RDW. But I do think Boros aggro is going to be also good. It was Mm -hmm. good before, but. I just want RW. I don't care about the dollars. <laughs> I I'm not sure it'll be top tier. Well, that remains to be seen. But I do think it will have a good uh, presence in the meta. You'll have some legs because, like the the big thing you got to think about is what you've lost. And one of the things that you've lost is multicolored mana consistency, like faster mana consistency, because the pathways are gone. So now all you got is the slow lands, mm-hmm. and then the pain lands. Hmm. And then the new um, tap duels. 
Yeah, tap tools, yeah, which nobody will... Well, you might see them in occasional places with the pain lands because the tap tools are enemy colors too and the uh, pain lands are... No, sorry. The pain lands are enemy colors and the tap tools are both. They're both allied and enemy colors. Mm -hmm. So... Were either of you playing standard when Puppy Blade was in standard? Puppy Blade? Mm -mm. It's a more recent... It's a one out of standard. Oh, no, I was not. Before she got... So there was a dog that searched for two other dogs, and then obviously Winota. And so if you end up with three dogs on the board and Winota and an Ember Cleave, basically. Uh, I wonder if that was the blade, yeah. Yeah, and it was nasty. That was the only time I was okay splashing white in to make my yeah my puppy attack. puppy blade. My puppy blade. It sounds so innocent, yet so threatening all at the same time. I just imagine a, a like little husky, because one of the, the dogs looks like a husky, running at you with an ember leave, like, in his teeth. Yeah, in his teeth. <laughs> okay, so um, I had a dog that was, like, part husky, part Labrador retriever, and one day he comes uh, in the living room holding a, a knife to, like, a toy kitchen set for my kids, like, in his mouth, and I'm like, look at my wife, and she's like, dog's got, I'm like, dog's got a knife, and she goes, that's good. Maybe he'll be able to use it if we ever get in a, a zombie apocalypse situation. <laughs> and I'm just, I just look at her. I was like, I don't know what to say. And she's like, so you can stab him, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds dangerous. Dog running around with a knife. Uh, it was hilarious. I think I might have a picture of it. Yeah. The original puppy blade. Um, yeah. So are we done? Have we impressed our firsts? First impressions yet? Done. You guys good? Yeah. Want to add I, anything? I don't I really feel like I can add anything. So to tie it all up, I really like this set, and it does feel like when I was doing limited, I this it was more understandable than the past two experiences I've had with limited recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very straightforward. I have some draft types. Draft sometime soon. Yeah. Whenever I have the time. Yeah, because I think the problem with New Capenna was there's just too many multicolored stuff everywhere, and you're like, I'm not sure what um, the yeah the abilities went between two colors like in a mm-hmm. weird way. It wasn't as unified. I don't think it was too yeah. like, spread out and split. You ended up being like, do I do the the red black sacrifice deck splash blue, yeah, or do I do the red black sacrifice deck splash green? What do I, you know, I can get this alliance trigger from this green guy in my, you know, Grixis colored or not Grixis, Jun colored deck, or I can go and do white, green and get, you know, yeah, it was just too, too spread out, I think. Yeah. Not enough uh, of one type. Busy. But this is good. I'm excited for the set and excited to see how standard shakes out. Say what you want about New Capenna. It was still a better draft format than Baldur's Gate Alchemy. That's and I will fair. die on that hill. Anyways, this has been your first look at Dominaria United. I'm going to issue a challenge to you guys. Um, uh, one I think I might fare a little better at it because maybe I'm just not good at brewing. We'll see. But uh-huh. my challenge is we're going to take the pre-cons, 
that everybody gets an arena and we're going to randomly select one uh, for each of us. Maybe I'll uh, spend the next week crafting a little wheel of fortune wheel that we can spin on live on camera or uh, more realistically, maybe Ben will just do a number generator or something. Number generator. Yeah, like a random number uh, roller. And uh, we'll select our decks randomly and then we'll play them. Yeah. Live. Two out of three. Week. Uh, two out of three next week on um, the Twitch channel. And we'll see who is, in fact, the best pilot. Because that's what this challenge is all about. Who's the best player, not the best brewer. Sounds good to me. That'll be a nice, fun. I'm looking forward to it. Although, I mean, there are some variances in those decks. You, know, yeah. you just uh, starting to uh, build doubt now for your oh, no, loss. <laughs> I was trying to give you an out, sir. Trying to give you a, a, a chance to save face. Okay, so yeah. I and maybe just this will help people getting into arena a little bit. You know, they watch it, they can say, "Oh, I already have this deck, and that looks like a pretty good deck." So it's not completely, yeah, yeah. This will show a lot of stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Plus, these are the uh, the new ones that they retro fitted for uh, rotation when Baldur's yeah. Gate came out. So. Uh, take a little peek at the new stuff all right well i think we should wrap this show up why don't you uh tell everyone where they can find us ben you can find us on twitter at mpg pod you can find me on my personal twitter at be nice mpg where they can they find you moderator dave oh well they can find me on the the twitter spaces at dave underscore mpg and uh, where are you currently located at, Other Dave? I'm in Nebraska. What? Yeah. How'd you get to Nebraska? Well, someone was going to Nebraska, and, and I thought it was in the right direction. I got it mixed up with Nevada, and uh, <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in Nebraska. Public but, school system has failed you. You, you don't need to come up with an elaborate lie. You We were talking about popcorn last week, and you was like, I got to go oh, the corn to the, the corn palace of Nebraska and get some of the really good popcorn. The, the watermelon popcorn. Yeah. Not a bad idea. There is good popcorn here. Not a lie. They have that uh, kettle corn. Slightly sweet. Mm, I do like kettle corn. Well, I can't mm. eat popcorn, personally. I'm basically a, a dead man walking, so. Yeah. But I'm glad you guys enjoy it, especially the watermelon kind. Yeah. Send us your favorite type of popcorn uh, in an email at podcast at magicprovingthegrounds.com or any other questions. Famous cards or favorite cards from Dominaria. Cool things you've seen. Tales from the pre-release. Good stuff. Anyways, uh, that's the end of the show. Cue the music. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Uh, three, two, one. Welcome to Magic the Gathering. Do it every week.
I know every week, man. It's like, no, that's not the name of the podcast. Well, welcome to Magic Proving Gowns. Welcome to Magic Proving Gowns. Proving Gowns. Proving Gowns. You don't see what's under this. Ball gowns and. Hey, man, I just want to. I just want to feel pretty. 